You're listening to Wholesaling Inc., episode number 411. Over 100 years of research has found that if you're using a personality instrument only for helping you with hiring like DISC or Myers-Briggs, it's only marginally better than just looking at their resume and making a hiring decision just looking at their resume without even meeting them. This is game-changing information guaranteed to raise your real estate wholesaling business with actionable steps you can take immediately to navigate the ins and outs of wholesaling and start making money today. Join us as we put our guests in the hot seat and dive deep to dissect their strategies for success to enable you to duplicate their results. Investor Grit presents Wholesaling Inc., the only show dedicated to making you a fortune in wholesaling with your hosts, Tom Kroll and Cody Hoffheim. I'm your host, Chris Arnold, and I am very excited about this topic because this topic really changed my business. And to go ahead and kind of set precedence on why you want to listen to this podcast is we're talking about how to eliminate the guesswork of hiring via science actual science. And let me throw this out there. How would you like to quadruple your success rate when it comes to hiring? Because most people's hiring, statistically, we know this, get it right about one out of five times. That's 20% success rate when hiring. That means the other four times they're making a mistake. But there's a way to go from 20% to 80%. And my good friend, John Pike, who has also been just a huge help in my business over the last eight years, is our guest today. And check this out. John Pike is known as the talent genius, right? The guy you go to for hiring. And there's a lot of us around the country that utilize John Pike and what he does. So John Pike, my friend, long-term friend, welcome to the show. Thank you, Chris. Pleasure to be here. Yeah. Tell us a little bit about you, man, your background. Okay. So perhaps the most uh, relevant from a context point of view as it relates to hiring is that very early in my career, I had the privilege of working for one of the largest sales training companies in the world. In fact, 85% of the Fortune 500 used this company because they were the kind of the 800-pound gorilla, uh, the least risk vendor. Nobody ever got fired for using them. And they pioneered the skills-based training industry back in the early 60s. So it's the old professional selling skills program. And just a real quick story. In my first year, I was very fortunate. I worked hard. I sold more than anybody in the history of the company. And in the second year, I was number three in the entire company. And But I had a crisis of conscience. Let me explain what happened. What I realized to my shock was that this training company, considered to be the crown jewel, the best in the world, after the training, the high performers continued to be high performers and the low performers continued to be low performers. So simply put, there was no direct causal link between the training and an increase in sales. So being the type of uh, values-based person I am, I couldn't in good conscience continue to represent and sell for that company, even though I was was, uh, on a trajectory and had a very good success path with this company. So that kind of caused me to, I, I basically left the company. I resigned, shocked everybody, moved to Greensboro, North Carolina, where the North American headquarters is for the Center for Creative Leadership, to try to figure out, well, why is it that some people consistently sell 80%, like 
the 2080 rule, 20% of the salespeople consistently sell 80% of the total sales revenue at almost every company globally. And so that took me on a journey that's been uh, an incredible ride. It's been awesome. Wow, man. Huge, huge background. And I'm ready to like break this apart and get down to the meat of what you have taught me over the years, which has literally shifted my entire thinking and understanding about the hiring process. And John, you know, as I do, like hiring is actually one of the biggest challenges and hardest things to learn in business. When people ask me, Chris, like what was difficult for you to learn in business? It was about how to hire the right people. And on top of that, how to keep them, right? Which we'll probably touch on a little bit today. So man, if you're ready to hop in, I am. And I'd like to kick off with the first question. So here's the question, right? John, why do most companies only achieve a fraction of their full potential? Why is that? Okay, so most of the people listening to this audience are a high D. I'm going to go fast. I've got a lot of good content. So I'm going to keep it high level. But uh, I'm going to give you some research because everything that I do is based on science and analytics. And what that really truly means is you can trust it implicitly. You can have the highest or the ultimate amount of confidence that this works and you're going to find out exactly why. So from uh, going back a while, the Royal Dutch Shell Company did a, a massive study. They took a look at studying companies that had lasted 100 years or longer to determine the best practices of why have they been able to withstand the pressures of wars, of the Great Depression. Uh, Some of these companies changed their portfolios and industries like four or five different times. And so all of that research or a lot of that research is actually chronicled in a book called The Living Company. What they found, here are the four biggest takeaways or reasons for success, valuing human assets or valuing people, giving people autonomy and freedom versus a command and control environment, building community, camaraderie, esprit de corps, and then a focus on learning, okay? Now, what they found in this study, Chris, was that they were shocked to find that the life expectancy of these large companies, Fortune 500, were only 40 to 50 years of age. And when we take a look at the startups, new businesses today, after one year, 20% of businesses have closed. And after their fifth year in operation, almost half of these companies like you and I have started close, okay? And tragically, a lot of these companies aren't thriving. They're just barely getting by. So what they found was that the majority of organizations only really achieve a fraction of their potential and that most of them are underachievers. So basically, from their research, they found this. The reason is that the majority of these companies suffer from major learning disabilities, learning disabilities. Now, In my humble opinion, based on all my experience in doing this for 30 years, one of the biggest areas of learning disabilities is in hiring. Simply put, hiring is almost equivalent to throwing darts blindfolded. You have absolutely no idea when you're sitting across the table if the person has the right, what I call the sales DNA from a sales point of view to sell. Or And most people are trying to figure that out in one to two interviews for an hour or two. That's exactly How in the world... Do you understand what's in somebody, their values, what's driven, how they're wired, just sitting across from them? I mean, taking me years, John, to get to know my wife. Yeah, that's exactly (laughs) right. Well, the the answer is you cannot. And that's why there are so many uh, business owners, entrepreneurs that throw their hands up out of frustration because that 20%, if you have batted zero for four, right, and the 20% that a player for sales is your fifth hire, that amount of stress and pressure, frustration and cash outlay is huge. So a lot of people just you know, keep doing what they're doing and aren't able to truly leverage the power of a team. 
I want to share just one example from before I got it. I started working in the uh, real estate industry 10 years ago. One company we started working with is called Professional PSS World Medical or Physician Sales and Service. They had a sales growth seven times their industry standard and were selected as one of the top 10 sales forces in the country by Sales and Marketing Magazine. Why? Because they implemented the types of things that, that we're talking about here today. Steve Jobs once said that a small team of A-plus players can run circles around a giant team of B and C players. So who you That's hire, a good quote. Say that again. I like a, that. A small team of A-plus players can run circles around a giant team of B and C players. This was, <laughs> the truth. This was kind of later in his career. At the very beginning of his career, he was asked, as you're founding, you know, co-founding Apple, what's the single most important thing that is on your mind? And he said, finding the best talent. That's it. So one of the things I think that uh, is probably important to mention is that I've worked in the real estate industry almost exclusively in, over the last decade. And over that time, I've helped hire, coach, or assess over a million people. And uh, Chris, you know, we had the fortune of meeting at the very first keynote presentation that I did when Barbara Corcoran from Shark Tank and Glenn Beck were at that radio and television experts. And then actually, Chris, you were the one that was instrumental in bringing me into the wholesale side of things because you diversified your company. Absolutely. Absolutely. So to sum that up, in your opinion, most companies aren't achieving their full potential, just a fraction of it, because they don't know how to successfully and consistently at a high level, make the right choice on the right salespeople coming in the organization, or for that fact, anyone of talent, correct? You're exactly right. Now, let me mention a statistic that is absolutely frightening. Over 100 years of research has found that if you're using a personality instrument only for helping you with hiring like DISC or Myers-Briggs, it's only marginally better than just looking at their resume and making a hiring decision just looking at their resume without even meeting them. That should shake every business owner to its core, okay? People are using personality assessments, which is okay, but they're woefully inadequate as giving you assistance, you know, to help you make the best hire. Business owners are doing the best that they possibly can by just the interview and maybe a DISC profile or using, you know, Tony Robbins' DISC Plus profile, right? But you're going to miss 88% of what's truly important and the information that you absolutely have to know is hidden below the surface. So if you think about this from the standpoint, a great way to uh, explain this is an iceberg. With an iceberg, you only see 12% above the surface, right? 88% of the mass of that iceberg is hidden. It's below the waterline. So in an interview, you're able to see things like urgency, expressiveness, friendliness, et cetera. But you're not able to see things like persistence, drive, initiative, handling rejection, the ability to quickly and easily build trust and rapport. Chris, as you know, because you're a student of this, that has to do with innate talent or how the brain is actually hardwired. So we use a tool that is one of the most statistically validated tools in the world. The guy that created it was actually the front runner to win the Nobel Peace Prize for his contribution, but he died and you can't be deceased and win the award. It's an absolute game changer because it tells us definitively based on the hardwiring of the brain, what you naturally do well, not very well, or not very well at all. So what I can share with you emphatically after having trained almost 2 million salespeople over the last three decades is that if they are not predisposed to sell, meaning they don't have the right personality style, they don't have the right motivation and drive, and most important of all, they don't have the right uh, neural pathways in the brain 
no matter how much you train and mentor and coach them, they're only going to get a marginal lift. Yeah. So let me summarize really what I hear you saying. And that is the traditional interview process, as you say, utilizing the iceberg is really going to give you just a glimpse of the top 12% of that person, those qualities, right? Are they likable? Are they friendly, et cetera? Right. But below that, you have to assess. And not only that, you have to use the right assessment because I think a lot of us are familiar with DISC, uh, D-I-S-C. Now, if you're newer to uh, real estate and haven't heard that, that's simply really a common behavioral style assessment that's given to people that are candidates for a position. But what John is saying is it's not really doing the trick, right? Like you need to utilize something like inner metrics, which as you've taught me is actually measuring and having three tests in one, which goes way beyond something like the disc profile does. Absolutely right. Yep. You hit it. In fact, Chris, it was interesting. If you don't mind me sharing this, you had sent me a text about a month ago. And for the last decade, you have been one of the purest kind of followers of this methodology and this science. And you met somebody and had an, you know, an interview and you thought this person was just going to be exceptional, right? So why don't you pick it up from there in terms of telling me the story? Tell me the story. Yeah, um, I uh, cheated the process, right? I thought that this person was going to be a good fit. It wasn't, again, it wasn't a major sales role. Right. Um, and so I bypassed the traditional way of assessing them. And it didn't take but about two or three weeks once all of, as you say, the back foot comes forward or the things that we couldn't see on the surface, just getting to know this person because we just wanted to plug and play, right? It seemed like an easy fit. Um, They had the background to do what we needed them to do. And then I can remember about two weeks in the process, two of my team members coming in and going, you know what? This is not the right fit. And that's when I text you. I was like, one time... (laughs) Yeah. Didn't use the intermetrics and do how long have we been doing this together, John, in the sense of me utilizing your service to this? Like what, eight years? It's been at least eight years. Yeah. Like eight years. I do it one time and it came back to bias. And then of course we have to fire that person and start over. (laughs) So man, uh, lesson learned, right? Uh, Stick with the process. Right. Absolutely. And I'm glad you brought the point because this was an administrative uh, person. If I'm yeah, it wasn't even sales. It was administrative. And yeah. The great so, thing about this is the concepts that I'm talking about here are universal. So it applies to a director of operations, right? It applies to a disposition manager. It applies to the person that takes care of the transactions and all the admin, everything. So it's not just sales, although sales is the most important. The most important, but you know, we assess everyone in our company, regardless of what position they're going to, whether at an executive level or just an entry level. It doesn't matter. Right. We have to assess them. So I have another question, John. What do you feel like are two of the most important characteristics, let's say, connected to peak performance? Okay. So again, I'm going to rely on research. There was a seven-year research study done using the assessment that we use. Okay, and what we did is we evaluated over 200,000 people in 23 countries, every position, every industry from entry level all the way up to CEO. And really what we were asking is this, Chris, is perhaps the single most important question as it relates to performance and human capital. Why do some people consistently achieve much greater success with less effort, while the vast majority who work just as hard or maybe just as intelligent have a similar educational background, even work in the same environment, achieve far less? So the two common characteristics, and the good news is these can both be learned, is what we call self-awareness and authenticity. Self-awareness meaning 
The more self-knowledge and self-insight I have about my strengths, my deficiencies, what I'm motivated by, my style, the better position I'm in to select a job or a position that's tightly aligned with what I naturally do well or do best. Okay. The second characteristic is what we call authenticity. That's interesting from Latin into English, the word authentic means to create. So when you and I are authentic in, in terms of how God has uniquely gifted and created us in terms of our talents, we're in the best position to create the most significant, most fulfilling life. So that's pretty significant. So you're telling me then that the two most important characteristics is I have self-awareness for, we can call it my genius zone, my yep. strengths, my weaknesses. Right. And not only do I understand that, I play to that. Absolutely. I stay in my lane, right? Because I understand who I am and I don't try to step out into roles or into things that don't fit my core competencies. That's so those are the, the two things that really dictate success for people. You're absolutely right. That's brilliant. And all of this research is documented in the book called What's Your Genius? And the forward is by Anthony Robbins. Now, to your point, Chris, getting back to research, the Gallup organization did a massive research study, and they found that only 11% of the world's population, 11% spend most of their time in their area of strength. So we wonder why you know, employee engagement is a pandemic. It's on the low side. Most people don't even know what they don't know. They don't know what their strengths are. And, uh, you know, there's a tremendous amount of research. Once people actually know their strengths, the difference and increase in their performance is substantial. So bringing this home, when we as business owners are able to identify and show people that they are in the zone, they're in their element, they are exceptional in specific areas, the reciprocity and the psychic debt that takes place is second to none. So it's an absolute game changer. Let me give you a quick example. We had a guy who was a former pastor, never had one day of sales experience, had some of the best profiles for sales I've ever seen. And in four years in real estate, he has driven $110 million worth of sales. Wow. And you're telling me because that is the way that he's wired. His brain wiring, what motivates him, right? Just his natural giftedness. Yep. You take someone that has that internally, you put them into a position that they might not have experience with and they're going to thrive. Absolutely. Because that's how important that piece is. And again, I think we understand this in the realm of sports, right? Right. You know, we look at someone like LeBron James, right, or Jordan or whoever, you know, let's just use basketball. There is a certain level of gifting that those individuals have. Yep. And so the same is true within an organization that if we understand people's giftedness yep. and are able to understand that even before we hire them is what you're talking about, yep. not figure it out later. As we say, put the right person in the right seat and just let them go. Yeah, absolutely. Well, let me give you a quick true story. I competed against a guy in volleyball and basketball in high school by the name of Donovan Bailey when I was living in Canada. He was an average basketball player and volleyball player. He had a 48 inch vertical. Um, everything that he had was pretty much natural. But one day a track coach walked by when he was running uh, up and down the court. He actually confronted him and he said, you know what? He said, I think you have an innate talent to run fast. Four years later, I believe it was, after training with this track coach, he's standing on the, the, uh, at the Atlanta Olympics in 1996, 
waiting for the gun to go off, and he won the gold medal. He was the fastest human being on record in history up until that point. Running wasn't even on his radar screen. Didn't explore it, nothing. Somebody else saw something that where he was absolutely in his element and in the zone, and this guy ended up being the best in the world. Wow. So, John, and again, I'm watching our time here, right, as we're getting down into to the meat of this. So I'm listening, right, and I'm going, okay, here's what I understand that you're saying, John. People are innately wired to succeed or not succeed in a particular setting, right, whether that's, let's say, from a performance standpoint. And the reason that I'm not getting those people into my organization or making wrong decisions is because I can't see it and I need to be assessing doing that. So the next question people are processing is like, so what is this assessment, right? This, this intermetric, like if I want to step into this process of going right. from 20% success rate right. to an 80% success rate, like how do I do that? What are the beginning steps? So it's very simple. The case to the kingdom is really in having access to this, this proven science, okay? These analytics. And uh, what we know from, from having done this millions of times is that there is what's called sales DNA, okay? And the vast majority of the time, it's identical regardless of what type of sales position it is. So for example, the acquisition manager is going to be a higher D because it's kind of thrill of the hunt, a little and bit higher sense of for driver, someone's not familiar. Driver is ambitious, pioneering, right. strong, right. right? Very competitive, impatient, you know, those types of things. And the disposition manager is going to be more consultative and relationship oriented, is going to have a lower or a moderate D score. Okay, so there are some nuances that are going to different, but for the most part, the core is exactly the same. So it's in having access to this data that is the total game changer. So let me mention a couple of reasons as to why this is important. As a business owner, you know, the smaller your company, the more important it is to have great talent. There's nowhere to hide, especially if you only have one acquisition manager. It rests on that person and on the owner to secure business. <laughs> you can't afford to have a mediocre person. Now, someone once said, mediocre people always perform at your best, at their best. You're going to have to think about that for a minute. But it's, maybe it's not that they're mediocre. It's just that they're misplaced. They're not in the right role. So here's another one. How many times do you put somebody on a performance improvement plan do they miraculously just turn around and start becoming a consistent top performer? 99% of the time, they can't do it because they, no, they... As I say, you can't save a plant by overwatering it, right? <laughs> That's exactly right. So here's, here's, here's where the game changer is. Every employer around every business owner, that is your competition. And you've got these bigger companies that can, that can offer six-figure salaries, great benefits and bonus packages and things like How do you possibly compete against that? Great question. So here is the game changer. Because we can literally look into the heart and soul and the mind of whether someone's going to be exceptional in sales, here's the dialogue or the conversation. Chris, if you were the candidate, you took the assessment, we've never met, we've had no exchange whatsoever. I call you up and say, Chris, we are beyond enthused at the fact that you've taken the time to complete the assessment and that you're interested in working with us. And here's why. We've had over 150 people apply and your scores are in the top 3% of the best salespeople in the country. It's not a matter of if you're going to be successful. It's a matter of how successful you can be with our help. So, and then you proceed to say something like this, which differentiates you from everybody else that they've ever interacted with. We are unlike any other organization that you've ever probably met with. 
instead of bringing you in for an interview and interrogating you for 55 minutes straight, and then only giving you five minutes at the end to ask your questions, I want you to come prepared. And as soon as the initial small talk is finished, I want you, all right, to ask questions because we know this, where you work, okay, it's one of the most important life decisions. And we know also that a person's self-confidence is most directly from their job, whether they're the best at what they do, whether the worst or anything in between. So we are going to allow you to come in for the first half an hour and ask questions. And then we'll actually ask you some questions. How does that sound? Now, I can guarantee you nobody has ever had that said to them because everybody has locked in the fact that they drag their feet when it comes to hiring because they've made so many poor mistakes in the past and and they drag their feet and call it being selective when really it's off-putting to the candidate. Now, here's what the research tells us, Chris. 60% of candidates that interview at a company have a bad experience, a negative experience. Is there any wonder why? We dominate, put them under the bright lights, interrogate the heck out of them. And here's the more disturbing part. 72% of that 60% light you up on social media. So it hurts your brand. It hurts your reputation. So like, because we've had the lowest unemployment rate in history, like for the last 50 years, we've had a lot of no-shows and a lot of ghosting. This pretty much virtually eliminates it. I've had people say, the reason I joined the company is because of the interview process and how, how you guys treated me along the way. Absolutely, absolutely. And what I want to talk about next, John, and to really simplify this is, is my experience with you over the last eight years doing this. So I'm going to talk about it from an efficiency and an entrepreneur's perspective, right? Sure. So there's two ways in which we interact, right? Number one is we have candidates come in and rather than even before we start an interview, right? Even before we look at a resume, they take the assessment via the job posting that we put up. Right. And the great thing is we could have two or 300 people take that assessment. And what makes my life so easy is, John, you filter through all of those, right? And yep. you say, hey, Chris, you had X amount of people come in. We are obviously going to narrow it down. And these are the three, four, five people you actually need to bring in. Like, I don't know if you realize like how much time that saves me. Or the other thing is, John, I'll come and say, can you actually just go find me this person I need? And you'll go so far as in your services, right, to actually locate the person, assess them and uh, have them come on and be a right fit. So in my world of hiring, I just feel like you've taken a lot of the weight off of our side to make this whole process a lot more efficient and a lot less painful, to be honest, when it comes to hiring. And at this point, I mean, we did this eight years. I can't imagine how many candidates you and I have chopped up psychologically, yep. scientifically yeah. to determine if they're the right fit. And you and I have had some home runs together mm-hmm. on some of the hires, particularly around the sales side. Yeah. If you don't mind sharing, Chris, what was the, the acquisition manager that just absolutely crushed it? I believe he was the very first acquisition. Yeah. He was one of the first ones we got. And uh, I think you and I were like doing the math and he was doing um, over, it was like close to a million, if not more, and revenue by himself on the wholesale side. Right. And uh, it, dude was just a beast. <laughs> I mean, just an absolute bulldog, but you called it yeah. via that assessment. You knew even before we hired him how strong he was when it came to sales. So John, as, as, as we're starting to wrap up here, what's yeah. maybe the one last one to two things that you want to leave with the audience? And of course, 
we'll talk about you know how they might uh, reach out if they've got more questions. But bring it home. I think you've laid out a great framework, but what's the last one to two things? The last thing is that getting back to that 100, 100 year research where valuing people, most people you know, unanimously will say people are our most important asset. But in terms of how much time, effort, and money they spend on it, you can value how someone spends their time by how they spend their time and how they spend their money. Now, the, the good news is, is that there's a time-tested, scientifically proven, okay, validated way by using these analytics where you can eliminate the vast majority of that costly, frustrating guesswork, right? So you can almost eliminate you know, how many times a person comes in and in the first 30 seconds, you know, oh boy, how do I be respectful and cut this short? Because this person doesn't have a prayer. So the efficiency that you can gain, somebody once said, there's two challenges to every organization, sales and everything else. <laughs> I just used that quote last week because it's so true. You know, and what happens is as entrepreneurs, your confidence takes such a hit when you have a, a track record of making poor highs and it's so disruptive and so costly to the organization. I was just looking up a quote that I came across at the end of last year that I really liked. There's two of them actually. It says, it's not the big that eat the small, it's the fast that eat the slow. Think about that for a minute. You can literally mow the lawn of all these big companies around you because you have the ability to look in with this science and say, this person is exceptional. We need to fast track them. We need to call them right away and bring them in. And then another one that I really like, it's by uh, Dan Sullivan. He says, as entrepreneurs, the single most important thing we need to protect is not our bank account. It's not even our reputation. It's not even our network. It's our confidence. And Chris, you know this to be true in terms of mindset. If you don't have confidence, I mean, man, that is such a, a negative drag on almost everything you do. And when it comes to people, achievement comes from the right people. No amount of time or expense can, can equal the value of the right people. I totally agree. So if you're listening, right, and you're going, I've really struggled with this hiring process. My track record's not good. That's John, why I reached out to you because right. I had a terrible track record for hiring. I realized I needed to have help. John, someone that you really might want to consider to, again, I'm just telling you guys my experience. I've, I've been used, utilizing them for eight years. Or you're new to the game and you know nothing about hiring and you're thinking about hiring your first acquisition manager or hiring your first assistant, right? Or your first uh, transaction coordinator. And you're like, I don't even know where to begin. I just encourage people. I'm like, you can trial and error it on your own, which is totally fine. Or you can team up with someone like Pike to be able to do that. So, John, for those that are listening, if they want to reach out to you, learn more about the services you provide, uh, where do they go? So, first of all, I'd like to, to give everybody the opportunity to have a copy of my number one international best-selling book in six countries. Um, it's called How the Top 1% of Realtors Build World-Class Teams. So, that explains, in fact, I had a consult with somebody this morning who uh, already had a copy of the book, took the assessment, and then, you know, by learning more at a deeper level, he understands the significance, kind of the penny was able to drop, and he understands why this is so significant. So just send an email to me. At, it's john, J-O-H-N, at thetalentgenius.com. john at thetalentgenius.com. And I'll be happy to send you a PDF version of that. I think it would be very helpful. So that's one area. 
That's, that's Mike, man. Appreciate it. Everybody likes a free giveaway. So yeah, email John, get a copy of the book. Thanks so much for providing that. Absolutely. The one last thing, Chris, that I'm going to leave with is this. This guy is considered to be the world's leading authority on creativity and innovation and creative thought. He's written over 100 books that have been translated into 48 languages. He said, the quality of your thinking will determine the quality of your future. So I know that this is something that is very foreign and very new to almost everybody that's listening to this call. But I can assure you it's backed by four decades of science. There's nothing like it. So there is an actual literal buy button in the brain that you can accelerate your sales more quickly and get more decisions in your favor based on this science. And part of that actually is in this book called The Building a Better Brand, but I've been teaching it for over a decade. Love it, man. Love it. And uh, man, thank you so much. Again, there's no question how much I value. I think you're probably one of the vendors I've actually worked with longer, right? You change vendors, you work with people for a year or two, but uh, man, I've stuck with you for as long as I have because the value continues to be there. And uh, John, I have one other question. Uh, You don't know, I'm going to ask you this. Sure. Um, You and I met at a conference about radio. You're not a real estate investor. You're not a real estate agent. You are someone that comes in and supports us so that we can run better companies. Can I ask you your perspective on utilizing radio to find discounted properties and to generate leads? Because you go to conferences everywhere. What's your opinion on the value of radio versus all the other marketing that you've seen out there? The thing about radio is the massive amount of reach that you have. And of course, it needs to be strategic in terms of the the dynamics of the age group and the time of day, right? That's going to give you the maximum amount of, you know, listeners, but it can be extraordinarily powerful. And it's also perhaps one of the most cost effective ways to get your message and your brand and, you know, being recognized in your specific local market. So we're all as business owners looking, where are we going to get the best return for our investment? There's so many options, but radio is kind of like, it's one of the oldest mediums, but I think it's a medium that most people either don't pay attention to, or they've discounted because of its age, because it's not the latest, greatest, you know, shiny object in terms of technology. But I think if you don't use it, you're really doing yourself a disservice. And I can say that from a lot of people that are using radio. That you know, because you run in the circle um, where we met and we ran in on how many people were crushing it using radio. You saw it. They stay with it year after year after year because it continues to be one of those parts of the stool that are indispensable as it relates to building your brand and name recognition and becoming really an authority. That's really today what it's all about. You have to have an authentic voice. And radio is one of those really kind of gems that allows you to do that in in a massive way in terms of broad reach for pennies on the dollar. Absolutely. Well, as you know, uh, wrapping up, we definitely coach radio. Um, That's one of the big values that my team has brought to the the Whole Selling Inc. community, and we've seen a lot of success with it. So as always, if you got questions, you're trying to figure out what you're going to do to drive marketing, particularly right now, we're still going really strong on radio and we will not back off because, man, it works, it works, it works. So go to Wholesaling Inc. 
wholesalinginc.com forward slash REI radio. Again, that's wholesalinginc.com forward slash REI radio. Book a call, see if your market's open. And of course, as always, I encourage you, just start with questions. Make sure it's the right fit. John Pike, I got so much respect for you, buddy. I love the friendship we've developed over the years. And uh, man, you brought it today. And thank you so much for your time. My pleasure. Thanks for having me as a guest. All right. We'll catch you next time. Sounds great. See you. That's all for this episode. Your next step to success is to continue the conversation over at InvestorGrit.com by joining the mailing list, as well as get your chance to book a strategy session to learn the systems and become part of the tribe with your hosts, Tom Kroll and Cody Hoffheim. We'll see you next episode with more ways to make you a fortune in wholesaling.